Hey, Sylvia. Hi, Eric. Thanks for coming on to my podcast. Thank you for having me. And I hear you're here to interview me. Say again. I hear you're here to interview me. Yeah, that's that's what I was uh, telling you before we started recording. Like, it's very interesting this dynamic uh, of who is interviewing and who is being interviewed because you're having this podcast, but it's just like a reverse podcast. So you're being interviewed by different people. And I even noticed myself like when we started, well, first of all, this is my first time interviewing anyone. Uh, but also I noticed like, hmm, so do I start? Do you start? It's like, it's your podcast, but I'm interviewing you. So it's fun to play around with that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I figured I would just start it and then hand it off. Hmm. Sounds great. Let's do that. Um, so I asked you this question before we started, but I'm going to ask it again because I, I feel mm -hmm. like it's really nice to just land in the space um, while everybody's listening already. How are you feeling right now? Uh, well, I, I noticed I have a giant smile on my face uh, <laughs> that wasn't there bit ago um and it's probably due to some amount of nervousness of something um but it's also like you know excitement like oh we're, we're doing a thing we're doing the podcast whoa uh a great question as well what's uh how are you doing um also noticing the same thing a part of it because it was already there and part of it because you mentioned it so it became more obvious oh wow actually i'm also smiling a lot and i think it's also because of a little bit of nervousness um feeling feeling playful yeah a little bit nervous a little bit playful it's an interesting mix <laughs> mm. I'm curious about what is, do you notice any difference so far between how you are arriving to this interview and the first one you had with Tashin? Yeah, um, he has interviewed people before and that was part of the reason to get set up with him. And um, he was in some sense hosting the whole thing, even though it was my podcast. Um, and uh, I feel like I have more responsibility to set things up this time than I had last time, but still I'm somehow figuring out how to hand off the role a little bit. Mm, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, it was interesting also like to notice the, you know, the, the, pre-conversations we had before the podcast because you immediately said oh I will send you a link and I was like huh but I was supposed to be interviewing you <laughs> and I was surprised and also it seems like you naturally shifted into that position of okay I'm gonna take the host role and I'm gonna hold the space for this to happen uh, and I like that I like this kind of well, one thing you might roles. learn one thing you might learn uh, about me is I'm a bit of a quality snob as well. So I was like, I want it, you know, super high quality, uh, uh, both for, you know, video and audio and everything. And so that was one thing I can very easily take responsibility for. Mm. Cause that to happen. 
Sounds great. Um, is that something that you uh, can relate to in other areas of your life, like being a quality snob, or is it just in terms of technical details, like when you record an interview? Um, hmm. I mean, it basically just depends on my skill in the area, like when it comes to dancing um, and uh, technical terminology around dancing, even I prefer to be quite precise if I can be. Um, that's a certain kind of quality. Uh, and then, yeah, anything technical with, uh, um, video and audio stuff, uh, you know, I have, you know, I've had my old computer set up. I have my nice microphone and everything. Uh, it shows up in a lot of places. Yeah. I, I What's your experience it. of a quality? Hmm. My experience of quality. That's a big question. Can you ask me something more specific? Uh, yeah. How do you relate to like uh, high quality video and audio for the, an easy example? Hmm. I think it makes a difference definitely in the way how I engage with the content. I've never really thought about that too much. Like I never paid too much attention to see how Okay, let's see what kind of videos I watch and if the ones that are filmed uh, with better quality equipment um, actually make me feel more interested or engaged or create a different experience overall. I think they do, but on the other hand, I, I can see why it would be... Like for me... Personally, when I was making YouTube videos a while ago, a few years ago, um, I very easily got lost in this trap of trying to edit things a lot and make it perfect. And then it just took a long time to put it out there and then I just got discouraged and I was producing uh, very, like much less than I wanted and getting discouraged instead of just putting things out there. And if I would do it again, I would just prioritize quantity over quality, at least while I started. Mm -hmm. mm. Mm. Yeah, so that, that obviously relates to the, the podcast in a certain way. Like, um, for, for me, I know how to, uh, like, like there's certain things I can do on autopilot in terms of quality. Like, I knew how to set up uh, using Zencaster. I know how to set that up. I know how to, like, edit basically in Premiere and... Uh, yeah, the, the philosophy here with this podcast is, uh, just like it's, it's, it's some amount of, uh, quantity, you know, as many, as many interviews as I can be doing basically, um, with some like minimal editing. Um, if, if I notice that I'm like less likely to actually publish the thing, um, cause I like want to get something right and be perfectionist, then I'm going to be like, okay, no, I'm I can't get that to be perfect. I'm just not going to worry about that. I want, I just like focus on publishing. That's where I'm currently at with this. Mm. Um, I like that intention. I'll, I also have another reflection about quality. One of the main uh, ways I notice quality showing up in other areas of my life um, has to do with the, the speaker system at a dance event of some kind. 
um, changes a lot about like how I experience the the music and how well I dance. Um, and it's something that's like quite subtle. Uh, like one of them is even just like how much bass is there uh, at, uh, at a dance event. Um, like these smaller local events don't, um, they don't, they don't have as good a speaker system and it's like hard to get into dancing the same way. Yeah, I, I would guess that it would affect you differently depending on the kind of material content that you are consuming. Like, for example, I think if it's a podcast, it matters to a certain extent, but because what I'm trying to get out of it is intellectual content more than... Although, I don't know, I, I also like to feel close to the person that is speaking and it does make a difference, but I would guess that it makes more... Um, of a difference when it comes to something that is so felt uh, like music. Um, so, yeah, I would imagine there would be a difference. Well, while you were talking about that, um, about your intention for this podcast uh, being to just record as many interviews as possible and not really obsess about quality, uh, I I was curious about what other intentions do you have for it? Because I remember that in your last interview, you were mentioning mm. that you want to just have conversations with people while you remain in first-person perspective. So that's something else. Are there any other intentions that either came up since then or that you already had in mind for this, for this project that you're doing with the podcast? Hmm. Well, one thing that's coming up that's I find interesting is um, you have in fact like listened to the last podcast, and I'm, I'm wondering have. how much of a uh, trend that's going to be with like people coming on the podcast having listened to the previous ones or not. Um, part of part of the intention is just to be like more well known among people, especially people on Twitter, um, and, and like have an interface for that. Whereas like, I don't show up naturally on Twitter as much. I have like tweeted a lot since that last interview, much more than I normally do, which is, you know, part of the learning process. Um, but yeah, the other intention, um, is to just have conversations basically with people. There, there's a certain extent to which it, it's an, just an excuse to talk to people and like, the podcast is sort of it aside in another way. So those those are the like main intentions. And this is part of a project with Malcolm uh, to like have me get more seen in the world mm. this way. How do you want to be seen or what are some ways in which you want to be seen in the world? Hmm. Well, one thing that keeps coming up is like, how can I how can I almost reverse the question, um, which I am like not doing right now, I notice. Um, but there's, there's a certain way that I can do that, that, uh, I find very interesting. Um, Malcolm finds very interesting. How do I want to be seen? Hmm. One thing I want to be seen for is 
something like patience or ability to wait and not rush things. I like that. Just which I can do by, you know, just not not speaking and just leaving the silence lingering. Mm -hmm. Mm. That's one way to do it. Part of that is more present after, uh, well, maybe, maybe I'll, I'll leave, I'll actually won't, won't mention that, but it's just, I was listening to another Tashin podcast and I might have a, the same, same guest. I will not say who yet. <laughs> okay. But I, I got it in that podcast. I got more present to like ways I had been rushing or something in the last podcast. Do you feel like um, allowing for silence in conversation um, helps you be seen in that way? Yeah, there's a certain energy you can get into if you're always trying to fill the space that... Um, is not the pace I actually think at. And so basically then this conversation is always happening slightly faster than the speed at which I can think at and process things. And uh, my sense is it's like this with most people. Um, but some people also just have an ability to fill space with all sorts of words or take up the space with words like sort of while they're thinking about something in the background and then they can just blah, 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 blah. And then be like, anyway, and then say like what some other thing that they were processing in the background. Uh, I, not my style. Mm. Well, it's not my style either. So I think there will be a lot of silences in this conversation. <laughs> Listeners, you have been warned. <laughs> Actually, this is something I've been talking about with several people recently uh, because I'm mm. noticing that I'm I am stopping to think more about what I'm saying when I'm talking to people and that creates more silences and definitely with some people there's less silence because it's easy for them to take up that space but then with some other people the silence just you know just shows up more often so what I've been doing is just bringing the conversation to be about that and asking them how they feel about silence in conversations. And then once we talk about that and once it becomes acknowledged, it just, it just gains a different flavor. And I feel like this is what is happening right now. Like we're turning to the relational level of this interaction. And this is one of my favorite things to do. <laughs> so I'm happy we're going there. Uh, uh, uh. Very good. I mean, the silences can easily go a different way and uh, where people get like a little neurotic about when to say something, whether they have something good enough to say something, something like that. 
Uh, I don't feel that currently. Okay. What do you do sometimes? Uh, I mean, it depends how big the group is. Uh, it depends on the rhythm. Depends how easy it is to say something. Like normally it happens at the beginning of some group interaction, usually. Something else I wanted to ask you was um, about you wanting to use this podcast as a way to introduce yourself and mm -hmm. having as an audience the people uh, on Twitter. So have you made any discoveries so far in this process of introducing yourself and kind of finding yeah how you communicate who you are to others uh what i'm hoping for is uh someone messages me or uh so somehow i'm able to see the like effects of the podcast uh, out there. I, I have not seen quite uh, a concrete thing yet other than like interacting with Tashin a whole lot more. Uh, that's one very obvious thing. Um, and like, maybe, maybe I'll just have to talk to everybody and then, and then everybody will know me. And uh, that seems fine, actually. Um, uh, thus far, haven't seen too much about how I talk. I, I I was somewhat surprised how much I could talk last time. I think this says something about Tashin's skill as an interviewer, but also like what happens if I actually get space to talk? Um, because the whole frame was like, Eric is going to talk. And I was like, oh, that's weird. I don't normally do that. <laughs> so so part of this is also like, what is my skill at being interviewed? Hmm. Interviewed. Um, I, I get what you mean and I like your answer, but I think I was looking for something a little bit different. Mm. Um, not so much as in what is it that you got externally from having put this, uh, podcast episode out there, but more as in. What, what is your experience of introducing yourself and hmm. what has that process looked like? And have you made any discoveries, maybe more on an internal level since then? Hmm. I did notice as I was answering the question, I, I, I felt this like I could go down two routes. Mm -hmm. I could go down like, what's what's active in my head? Like you say some words that resemble a question and I'm like, what does that produce in me? Um, and then there's another part of my head that like wants to go like answer the, like the like the, the the very specific question answer that. And I decided to go down that just like what was active. Um, <laughs> Perfect. And yeah, and then it was like ah, and it like didn't actually answer your thing, which is interesting. Um, Which is great and then you clarified the thing and here we are so yeah i mean you answered it and and as i said i really liked your answer and now i'm just like oh but i'm still <laughs> curious about this other thing so can you give me another answer what is my internal experience like what have i gained internally after from doing the podcast from mm -hmm. doing the last one mm -hmm.
Yeah, it's generally a hard question for me, not the first one that I like want to actually answer. Um, part of it is has been like putting myself out there in a certain way that I haven't in a in a long time. The last ways I've like a feeling that I can put myself out there uh, again. I have previously put myself out there in other ways with uh, dancing and photography and stuff, but I like stopped at some point. I felt like, why am I doing this? Why? Like, what, what do people see whenever I post photos or whatever? Um, it feels like something I can do, momentum, something's building up. It still doesn't feel like an answer to your question. Maybe. I, I like I the noticed. process of you finding the answer. <laughs> if you don't mind that, I'm enjoying what, it. What, what, would, what would be an internal thing? Um, what's an example of an internal thing that I like might have gotten? Um, an example of an internal thing. For example, finding um, a new process of... Hmm, Noticing a, a new process of creating an identity for yourself or hmm, not necessarily an identity, actually, I don't like that very much. Um, because you mentioned that you want to introduce yourself to the world, so this is something external, but there's a process through which you go, like an introspective process, I imagine, uh, to discover how to give out the vibe that you want to people. So I think I was thinking more about that. Like, what are, is there a new process that you have discovered or like a new insight about who you are and how you want to communicate that to the world or a new aesthetic you're feeling into and for example not necessarily just with a with a podcast even but i know you've been posting on twitter and uh just doing that as a regular exercise at least for me helps me realize that i like to use certain words to describe myself or the things i do or my in tensions or what is the impact I want to create on people that I am trying to reach out to. I don't know if this answers your question. Uh, it's a hell of, a, hell of a, an answer. <laughs> um, what words, what impression, what identity? It's interesting. Hmm. I mean, what I noticed last podcast is I didn't actually do as much of some kind of meta or reversal thing as I would normally like to be doing, uh, actually. Um, we'll see if that shows up here as much as I would like. What do you mean by meta reversal thing? 
Right. So I could talk about it or I could, you know, somehow embody it at some mm -hmm. point. Um, <laughs> I mean, I guess playing playing with the podcast frame and that like I'm the one being interviewed on my own podcast is like one one very simple setup of the whole situation. Um you know, who else who else does that? I don't I don't know anyone else who does that. Um But it's it's hard it's hard to come up with an example because I always want to do it live and I'm like I can't can't figure out how to do it right now. So it's like here we are. <laughs> but that's going to be the thing in the back of my mind to figure out how to do mm -hmm. sounds good um, uh, I have a question though What's okay. what is your experience of me um, listening to me on the podcast versus like interviewing me now What's what's the difference there if there is any well, I think there's two different um, ways in which I could describe it or two different dimensions of my experience. One is how I see you and the other one is how I see the whole conversation because I'm a part of it now mm -hmm. so um, I think my impression of you is different I'm not exactly sure how because I didn't think about it until you asked me this question so I'm still trying to put it in in words let me try to answer that one first okay. mm. you can take your time Thank you. Let's be silent for a moment. It seems to me that you are taking more time. So like on an objective level, like it seems to me like you're taking more time to answer questions or to think before questions. I'm not sure if you have the same the same perception about yourself do you that's what i'm trying to do okay so it's intentional <laughs> so i guess it's working <laughs> yeah of course you mentioned it before um, other than that i think some some mannerisms seem different I'm not sure though, because I watched part of it and then the rest of it I listened to while I was walking. Mm. So um, I'm not entirely sure, but I, yeah, just some facial expressions are different, but I'm not sure exactly how. Um, and I think the fact that you are trying to not rush into answering things and taking more space and um, allowing for there to be more silence also impacts how I am here 
today, not just how I, not just the difference I see in you between this interview and, and the previous one, but also uh, that I am now a part of this conversation and I am also part of this silence and this brings up a little bit of, I don't know, I think discomfort because it's being recorded and I am aware of that and then I'm extremely aware of everything that I'm saying and also paying more attention to the things you are saying because um, I am expected to be a part of this conversation. <laughs> so yeah, uh, in from my experience, there are definitely less moments of being distracted or mind wandering, I would say. There are barely any. And in the previous one, there were because I was just it was triggering different thoughts for me and then I was doing something else and I was going here and I was you know getting into the car and yeah so those are some of the ways in which it's different for me mm -hmm. it's interesting you also bring up the like way the the medium affects the the whole situation like if you're uh not just like is it interactive or not but um you know can you pause it can you, you know, experience uh the podcast in a different way mm. yeah absolutely and an interesting experience that i'm having as my first time interviewing someone well it feels like we're having more of a conversation than me just interviewing you is that i'm noticing that i'm usually not aware at all listening to podcasts that people are actually doing this live and that for them, this was an experience that they did and it happened in real time and they were actually having the power of changing whatever they're going to say next. So this is also interesting to be experiencing right now. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you can relate to that at all. That is, that is another goal of the podcast in another way is to like get people on the podcast who maybe haven't done podcasts before. Mm -hmm. Um, it's um so my my friends have this practice of recording like all, most of our conversations um mm -hmm. and this this has been very you know it's been very interesting to be able to go back to other conversations and like re-listen to them and be like how are we showing up in this conversation and then you know have a conversation about that or um or being able to share a conversation that I had with someone, you know, with someone who was there. Um, and have them actually experience what it was like to be in that conversation. And you know, podcasts are sort of obviously kind of like that, except that uh there's a slightly different audience in mind in that like this is this is going on the internet as opposed to, you know, just being shared with friends. Um at the same time, there's like who do I expect to actually listen or watch to this? And it's like, well, probably only anyone who's actually interested in like who eric is who sylvia is um because there's there's really not a lot else i mean i could put a topic on the thing but i i guess that's part of the the goal of the podcast or not like an anti-goal is like more being about uh, like not having to have an interesting topic that people talk about i'm very tired of interesting conversations mm. um <laughs> uh which is the whole like tag for me. It's it's like basically it may it doesn't matter who's talking in that case. It matters more. Uh, uh, can you like say the smartest possible thing about 
uh, this topic and I don't know, I'm, I'm tired of it. I've had too many conversations like that. So, so what do you here we are. want? So you don't want that. What do you want? I don't instead? want that. Uh, I want more personal involvement. Um, I want it. This is why I like the topic, at least in the first one, was just the first interview, mm. <laughs> you know, like I, I put in, you know, the, the description a bit more about like what we actually talked about. Um, but it's kind of beside the point. Um, it's it's all like in relation to who's on the podcast. Hmm. So what is what are some of the? Hmm, how do I ask this question? I don't remember exactly how you phrase it. Like you want it to be more personal, uh, personal involvement. You want it to have personal involvement. So what what could that look like? What does that look like for you? Um, I, I guess one way I'm conceiving of it is like it's a podcast that I want my friends to listen to more so than like I want the world to listen to. Um, and Friends or like would be friends. Yeah. Uh, people who like maybe aren't my friend yet, but like they, they probably will be, you know. Yeah, uh, if people so. around the world want to listen to it, fine, sure. Uh, it, it's uh, not as relevant in that way, I think. So it's a personal involvement with the listener that you mean, not with yeah. the interviewer. Uh, both, both. Both. So. I mean, the listener might become the interviewer. <laughs> Hmm. True. Yeah. <laughs> Is that happening already? Oh, I think so. Cool. You've listened to it. Now you're interviewing. Yeah, true. <laughs> hmm. You mentioned that you are tired of big topics. Um, and I don't know, like in, in your previous interview, you talked about some topics and you still feel like there was personal totally involvement totally uh, so what well, are what are some topics that would feel like personal involvement or how would you phrase personal involvement as topics if you could yeah the last one i, I talked a bit more about uh yeah big big topics it's not like big topics are banned um, <laughs> it's more like you know what is what is my relation to the topics, what is the interviewer's relation to the topic? Um, are they learning something about me or you in the process of the conversation versus are they just having thoughts of, if they have thoughts of their own that about how they're relating to what we're talking about as well, that's like also fine. Um, just that, I don't want it to be completely divorced from, you know, who I am in a way that I have had conversations before. That makes so, sense. Yeah. So I, I, what I'm getting, what I'm hearing is that you want the listener to have a connection of some sort with you and me and also have thoughts about whatever topics we're talking about, but not have that be completely disconnected from the conversation we are having and from themselves as someone who is hearing that and having their own thoughts about it. Mm -hmm. 
And I think right now we're getting appropriately loopy about the whole thing as well. Like I can only imagine what someone, someone listening to this is like, what thoughts am I having about this, this podcast? And now here I am asking this question. I don't know. It'll be, it'll be listeners, you know, tell me what thoughts you're having. Post a comment on wherever the thing is that you see this. That will be very interesting. This is a, an episode about the podcast. <laughs> I mean, that was what the original one was, but I never published it because it was a little, it was a little too loopy, honestly. Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe that's where we're, where we're going. We can shift direction. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. This has been appropriately object level enough such that if it gets a little loopy, that's fine, I think. Okay. Perfect. The other one was just loopy and it was like, <laughs> this is very silly. Hmm. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to ask you about something that I feel curious um, about Please. and that you also mentioned in your first interview, but I'm going to just, I don't think it requires people to have listened to it. It's about... Mm -hmm. Um, the ways in which you think, and you mentioned that usually thinking starts with motion for you. And that was after you were talking about dancing and the importance of, um, having net, I think it was also importance of having networks where you like based on intellectual, uh, activity, not just physical activity. And I was curious about what you meant by that, like thinking, starting with motion. Mm. Part of that is like, I don't think in words. Um, okay. It's, yeah, I'm pretty sure I would have mentioned something like proprioceptive thinking of some kind. Um, like when I think about concepts, I think more about like their physical relation, not exactly physical, but like abstractly physical relation or something. They're like mm -hmm. everything is kind of like geometry or something like that. Except I feel like I want to, you know, manipulate it somehow with not quite my hands, but like 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 my spiritual hands in some sense. Mm. Um, and I don't know that that kind of movement is that's the kind of movement I mean when it starts with movement. Um. It's, it's one of those things where like, if you can involve more senses in thinking in however you're doing something, I think you like think about it better, learn about stuff better. Um, you could also, yeah, that could definitely become a good hearted thing where uh, good hearting refers to good hearts law, um, you, which is uh, if you, uh, the more popular a measure becomes, the more useless it becomes uh, as a measure. Uh, not quite the exact wording, but like that. You could definitely like try and involve all the senses and like totally just like miss the point on like what you're actually trying to think about as well. So might have to be careful about that. But generally, if if something is able to be interacted with in a lot of different ways, you can get a lot of perspectives on it. You can see what the like different dimensions are to something. So can you give me an example of how you do that in your life? Hmm. 
I guess the main way I would do this is by relating to how do I relate, you know, the non-naive trust dance that I mentioned last thing and my actual dancing. Now there's like dance in both of the names. Um, but like there, there's as, as an activity, they're like quite, they're on different levels of abstraction and they're quite uh, actually different. Um, so when I'm like, I, I like basically whenever I'm comparing things, I'll be like, okay, so not naive trust dance, West Coast swing. Like this is just, that's it, always how it starts with like, hmm, I got these two things. How do I put them together? What's this thing between them? Um, and like, then I'll like trace out the philosophy uh, that uh, seems similar to me, but. Yeah, I don't know. This 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 whole like having things in your hands is is inspired by uh, one of my friends who gave a presentation about holding two things at once. Like, can you hold these two things that seem incompatible? Um, and that like really stuck with me. Yeah, this example of like being in a classroom, and uh, or not not a classroom. Like, wanting there was a kid who wanted to play a game. And he wanted like to finish the level. He really badly wanted to finish the level, and he had to go to the bathroom. And he had these two different things, and he had to try to figure out oh, how can I put these together into a preference ordering. And it's like now it's now it's one thing, and now you can like work with that a little better. And like okay, I got this preference ordering of like I want to want to finish this game before I go to the bathroom. But you've got to have that before in there. Uh, this is an example of complexifying one's ontology. I really like that <laughs> that analogy. <laughs> Very useful. What do you like about it? Um, I like that I can feel it. Like I can imagine wanting to win a game and I can imagine really wanting to go to the bathroom. And then I can imagine the how it feels to turn them into just one thing. And I want to finish this game before I go to the bathroom. And mm -hmm. I can feel how how it is for that to become one thing. Um, are you experiencing that in any way right now? I do not have to go to the bathroom right now. That's what you're asking. <laughs> Say again? Um, I do not have to go to the bathroom right now. Okay. <laughs> uh I'm not, I'm not really experiencing it right now. Mostly what I, when I experience this, um, like in that example, it's like trying to make a decision of some kind um, or trying to navigate some situation where, I mean, in that particular example, it, you know, it's like, how do I, what's my preference ordering of these two different things? Um, the you there's also other moves where like somehow you can do both um and that's that's always a you know a creative act 
when you have like two incompatible things you want, can you somehow do something that like, you know, can you find a third option that satisfies your, your other, uh, other preferences, other, the, the, like, you know, the base conditions of what you want, your needs. Are you experiencing anything like this right now? No, I don't think so. I don't think I'm holding any particularly incompatible experiences at the moment, not experiencing any tension. No, I don't think so. So we have gotten out of the loopy bit. <laughs> oh, for now. For now. And now I'm bringing it back. This is something <laughs> that brings me great <laughs> pleasure <laughs> to jump very good, very good. back and forth. Um, and I wanted to have another check-in with you to see how you're feeling mm. right now, given the places where we've been so far in this conversation. I've I've been experiencing like this like ripple sort of like if 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 you know there's a I mean partly because I can see you know the interface where it shows you know whenever I talk it goes whoop 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 with a little waveform, um, but I've experienced like a uh, uh, like like sort of like nervous stress uh, okay just just nervous stress nervous stress just nervous stress and it like doesn't doesn't actually go all the way up it's just like oh uh, oh. Oh, and I've been sort of experiencing it the whole time. Um, and uh, I feel like, you know, generally it's gone down, actually. I've gotten a little more relaxed. Happy to How about that. you? I, I can relate to this wavy experience, um, not necessarily in terms of feeling relaxed and tense, but more in terms of uh, more in terms of flow. It feels like we're playing catch in a way, and at first it was more uh, oh here's well oh here's well oh wait. Here, here it is. Back at you, back at you. Okay, so what do we do with the ball now? Oh, now noticing that sometimes we drop the ball for a long time. Here we are looking at the ball. And <laughs> now it seems like um, the ball stays either in the air for longer or that one of us holds the ball for longer and does stuff with the ball. Mm. I'm also feeling more relaxed. And feeling very aware of, yes, yeah, since, since you mentioned that uh, we seem to be going 
a little bit on the loopy side. I'm notice becoming very aware of when of when we go to the meta level, <laughs> and I'm just noticing myself being careful to not do it too much, and then thinking mm. about the okay. Do we talk about topics or do we talk about what's happening right now? <laughs> do you have these two desires that you would like to figure out how to mm. navigate? Mm. <laughs> Actually, I am feeling that way after all. Huh. Um. So... I'm leaning towards finding a third option. Do you have any ideas? Well, the the the, the move I often make is is that the topic uh, is is the meta somehow. Mm -hmm. um, like uh, the the way you've described meta is like I don't know, it, or even I've described it. It can be interpreted as like. I don't know, uh, overhead or something. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, in the conversations I have um, that do get loop, like the loopiness is definitely a feature that I, and I can't do that with everyone. I prefer being able to be, you know, somewhat loopy about the thing. It's just, and there's also just like some sense of it wanting to go somewhere. So Uh, like you need some kind of object level in order to ground everything. Um, but as long as you have that, you can sort of, there's a whole skill in navigating how much meta to have and of what kind. Um, like one thing that is really annoying is if you just go, sort of go uh, meta on meta on meta on meta. And like now we're talking about talking about talking. And it's just like, uh, there's, there's, there's an art to skillful meta. So. Uh, many of my conversations have tended to go that way. That is another thing I want to demonstrate on the podcast, actually, is having skillful meta conversations. Mm. Um, in that vein, I had a question. Mm -hmm. uh, you described that in the conversation, uh, at some point, the ball would get dropped. And, and I was like, oh, the ball would get dropped. And like that... How was how was that being experienced? Um, or what was being made of the ball being dropped? So being that this is a conversation and that, you know, if someone is just listening to it, all the information that's available is voice, ball being dropped is silence. So that's what I meant by it. Hmm. Well, that's a pretty straightforward answer. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what I'm getting from that is it's okay to drop the ball. It was yeah. not a mistake. Mm. Yeah, I definitely. Or if it was a mistake, uh, I mean, how, how are mistakes thought of and held when someone makes a mistake? Is that is that bad? Mm. Is it bad to drop the ball? How would you describe, like, if you would use the metaphor of uh, playing catch? To describe a conversation, what would dropping the ball look like for you? What would it mean? And would it be bad? Hmm. It's it's part of the whole feedback process or calibration process. Like if if there wasn't enough silence of some kind, hmm. uh, you know, that that's a you have a different runaway problem. 
um, if if you don't manage to have anything to say at all. That's another. That's a, the opposite sort of runaway problem. Um, if if you're just throwing, you know, if you're always missing the ball uh, when someone throws it to you, that's kind of mm, not great. Um, if I mean, you can have another problem with like having too many balls and like you, like you're all trying to throw it and catch at the same time. It's like just a big mess. That would be another thing that could happen. Um, uh, the, the simplest metaphor is just like uh, feedback for both the person throwing the ball and catching the ball, what they could be doing differently to like have the other person catch it and have it be caught to, both in the throwing side and the catching side. Hmm. And like, this is the first time we were actually talking. So there's a whole calibration process there. It seems like in your, in your metaphor, dropping the ball. Yeah. Well, that is how you play catch kind of dropping the ball means losing the game. So it's, it's there is a, a quality of being bad to it. Uh, <laughs> I, I wasn't seeing it like that when, yeah, I just, Silence is like the ball being dropped because the ball being in the air or in our hands is voice or speech. So I was just noticing that. What do, what do you think is... Um, so seeing conversation as play, seeing what we're doing as a game or playing together... Um, not sure exactly what question I want to ask. Let me think about it for a moment. Make sure it's playful. <laughs> what does it mean to win the game then? I mean, this is like infinite game stuff. Um, it's like, what what game... I guess the way I think about it is like every, everything is sort of a mini game in the infinite game. Um, and uh, I mean, exactly the question, what, what does it mean to win is like a, something you have to define for yourself uh, or, you know, with a group such that you can like do something and get it done. For, for me, uh, winning is something like having a good conversation. conversation you know and that, and that can be defined a lot of different ways conversation where like people learn stuff about each other or just in general or they just uh they felt good they won't have another one blah 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 um i, I guess another particular criteria for me is like an like a different conversation than some kind of usual Something in the like, not just, you know, what was it about, but like, how was the conversation had? Um, I'm very glad to be able to have the amount of silence that we have had and the, the kind of silence that we have had that might, it's avoided. The silence is avoided in a lot of other contexts. Yeah, and I'm also imagining it for people who are listening i'm wondering how many people who started listening to this are still listening by now <laughs> with all the silences which is 
Uh, I mean, according to YouTube, it's around 8% of people mm. who ever clicked on it. Great. Thank you. If you're still listening, <laughs> you're great. Um, I wanted to ask you something else that was connected to what you were just saying. Um, I forgot what it was. But meanwhile, I'm curious about your relationship. You dropped with... the ball. <laughs> <laughs> dropped it. Uh, meanwhile, I'm curious about your relationship with Infinite Games. And um, what games are you playing in general in your life? Whether Infinite or Finite. I mean, I guess I see the Infinite game as sort of like the biggest game. It's the whole thing. The giant game. Um, I mean, well, one one kind of extremely straightforward version of an answer to that is like, what what games have I been playing? Like computer games, board games. Um, I have been I've been playing a lot, and this is apparently something like people don't know about me. It's like a, I don't know. I'm a pretty good gamer. Malcolm was surprised about this anyway. Um, I won't. Oh, should be fine. Cool. Um, I mean, the podcast game is a game, I think the, the, the Twitter game is a game. Um, Tashin even had this metaphor of like what games people are playing on Twitter last time. And, uh, I haven't quite leaned as much into that metaphor, but that is, I, I sort of see a lot of things as games. It's, and it's very much, you know, okay, like what's the goal of this game, of this interaction, uh, similar to like what I just said. Um, part of playing a game with other people, though, is like having a common understanding of what winning is, or at least like what winning is to the other person and to yourself, such that you can both win. Hopefully. Uh, I don't like games where there, uh, there is mutually exclusive goal attainment also known as competition yeah. where uh, people like only one person can win. I don't like that. Um, this, this definition of competition comes from Alfie Cohn's uh, the case against competition, which basically is the reason why I started what uh, one criteria I had for physical activities that I wanted to do was they couldn't be directly competitive uh, where there is this, um, you know, only one person win, one team wins, that kind of thing. Yeah, it it does a weird mindset thing. Uh, there are dance competitions, but the experience of dancing is I'm just dancing with this person that I'm dancing with, and like it's there's not really an against like other people sort of mindset thing going on. Did you do competitive sports before you got into dance? Oh uh, yeah, I did a bunch of things when I was younger. Um, I did. Uh, did karate, uh, basketball, soccer, golf, uh, swimming, um, water polo. I didn't compete in all of them, but most of them. That's a lot of sports. Did you feel like back then when you were doing them, did you feel this uh, conflict with the fact that they were competitive or 
was that something that just came later? It came later, I would say. Um, I didn't like sparring in karate, though. That was one of the things I did later. And it was, I mean, I had a love-hate relationship with it. Like, you know, if I won, I was very happy. And if I lost, I was very sad. And I was like, I don't like this. And that one is like very, you know, against someone else. Like you are, they are right there. You are trying to hit them. It's so, ugh. Mm. Uh, this is like the complete opposite. <laughs> mm. I did karate as well. And I have the same experience. Like I loved just doing katas and I hated sparring. And it was just like, I just wanted to learn the movement and just, learn how to do it with my body and practice it with myself and i loved the whole um i i i loved the, the discipline as well and i loved the playfulness of it just discovering my own boundaries but then every time i had to fight someone i i just didn't like it and i don't real i i don't think i realized that i didn't like it this was when i was really young i think i stopped when i was maybe 13 or something um but yeah i didn't realize it that i didn't like it but yeah i mean just that, brought age. that up for me yeah hmm. yeah i think there were many things i did that i didn't realize i didn't like until later <laughs> this is actually an insight that i had recently and it's feeling alive for me particularly these last few days like all the things I did in my life that I I didn't know why I was doing them and it, I was just doing them automatically and not really enjoying them. They weren't really bringing me much, but I just kept doing them and just kept persisting because I was trying to prove something to myself um, or sometimes not even, sometimes just, just doing it because that's what I did and just continue. Do you have an example of anything you kept doing? Yeah, um, I played classical violin for 15 years and I I don't think I ever liked playing violin in the context that I was playing. Like I didn't like doing so much, just learning classical technique and studying every day and then having recitals and playing in an orchestra. Uh, and I even taught violin uh, for a very short time until I realized I, I didn't like it because actually that's what made me realize that I didn't like the kind of playing that I was doing. And very recently I started just, so I stopped playing the violin for many years. And recently I came back to it because my friends are, a lot of my friends are musicians and we were just jamming together and I decided to bring my violin even though I started hating it after I quit I was just like never again I'm not touching this instrument and once I gave myself that space to just play freely and learn how to listen to other people and um, do things together and I learned how to improvise as well which I had done zero of in those 15 years I didn't know how to improvise it just became a completely different experience and now I love it again. <laughs> so I'm very happy that this relationship got healed 
Do you have any experience like that with anything? Hmm. I don't know if I've healed any of them yet. I think mm. I tried to like pick before to some extent, like pick things I actually wanted. Um, and I basically just quit anything that I didn't like early enough, I think. Like I'm thinking of all the, all the physical activities I did do and, um, I mostly quit within a year ish of mm -hmm. doing them or I just like, I was really young and I stopped, you know, a few years after, but then I like chose dance very specifically. Um, music is an interesting case of, I, I played tuba mostly in a oh, wow. band, high school band. So I did that for five years and the way I engaged with that was very, uh, like I picked an instrument that was that they really needed a tuba player. So they kind of didn't have a choice. Uh, they, they couldn't like, um, the teacher couldn't get too, too harsh on me because then I might like not sign up next year. So they always, mm -hmm. they always had to make sure I was happy. Um, uh, even if I wasn't exactly the best tuba player, to be honest. Um, Interesting circumstances. Yeah. But then, then the last year that I played, I, I had to actually get good because I was the only like bass instrument that they had. And I like, I was sort of, I was embarrassed for myself. So I actually just like spent a lot more time practicing that year, but I only practiced as much as I ever had to pretty much. And that the prior years of them having to be nice to me sort of solidified that like, yeah, I'm just going to practice however much I actually want to. Um, if I'm like not super great, at least it's kind of hard to tell. <laughs> um, and in that time, I got to uh, make a bunch of friends with music people. So I, your your experience with classical violin reminds me of my friends who did, you know, ballet or uh, synchronized swimming or whatnot. Um, they, you know, they mentioned gaining a bunch of skills, but in this like er context that um, they have been sometimes able to bring to dance um, in a more healthy way. And yeah, I don't think I, I haven't been doing anything for 15 years or whatever like that. So I haven't quite had that experience. Yeah, I think that was the only experience I've had of that length with anything that I can remember. Yeah. Well, I think maybe drawing, which actually was a similar path. Uh, did it for a long time went to college, hated it, gained aversion to it, stopped, came back to it in a more playful way. Now I love it. So it seems to be a pattern that repeats for me. <laughs> How are you feeling about time and the flow of the conversation um. in general? I'm pretty chill, but it all have been have been tracking it. Um, I, I was wondering, like there there was you know you had some early questions on about how would uh, I like to be 
perceived or like what are my goals with this podcast um uh i'm curious now like what what are your goals in some sense how what what would be a win for you in this uh podcast game uh, or maybe like what do you want uh people to know how do you want to come across something like something in this realm hmm. you mean from this conversation i'm having with you today yeah how do i want to come across I think I want to come across as someone who is having fun and that's because I want to be having fun in this conversation this was yeah I was trying to think about other things but maybe there are other things but I haven't yet managed to articulate them um, but this is uh, an intention I've set before just to have fun during this conversation and not um, put pressure on myself to make it be a certain way. So um, I guess a, an answer to a different question that you didn't ask, which is how I think I might be coming across, um, is probably as someone who, well, obviously as someone who's never interviewed anyone before. <laughs> uh, I think that's clear. Um, I think it's hard for me sometimes in certain contexts, especially when it's something that I'm doing for the first time, to uh, step into a leading role or hosting role. Um, so I feel like I am very much leading and being led, and uh, it feels like a dance. Dancing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, and I don't know. I hope I'm I'm being seen like that, like someone who's dancing and having fun. Well, you you could have been someone who you know thought about it beforehand and had fifty questions and was just like, <laughs> um, I could have. Yes, I somehow had a feeling that style. that I I had a feeling that this is not something you would looking for so much i didn't ask How did you, you know that but uh well uh when malcolm asked me to do this i don't remember exactly how he introduced the idea to me but <laughs> it was somehow clear that this was not <laughs> the thing that either of you were looking for yeah i don't even remember what he asked me but but Somehow this was the idea I had in mind. Also, I don't know. I think I expect that if you're going to be interviewed by a lot of people, uh, if everyone 
would come with 50 questions. Well, it wouldn't necessarily have to be questions about specific things about yourself. Like, oh, so tell me about your uh, dancing career. I don't think, you know, they would have to be as repetitive. Uh, but I think it's nice to have some variety, not just in the content of the podcast, but also in the format of the interview. And it's nice to be a little bit loopy. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Are there that some sounds something like goal achieved? Yes, I think so too. Um and and I was coming back to the um so you know, since we're talking about me not coming with fifty different questions prepared and you not wanting to talk about specific topics, are there any topics that like that from your previous interview you felt like, oh, I could have actually talked about this and I didn't, and I would like to talk about it. No, the last one was very topic heavy. Yeah. In a certain way. That's, that was the notable thing. That's why in some sense I say the thing about topics now. Uh, I mean, it's something that I have said before about topics. Uh, but no, I wanted to have more of the the personal, like a bit more loopiness happening mm -hmm. in the conversation. Actually, you know, I, my first, very first thing that is not getting published is super loopy, um, and then the next one was more topic focused, and now we're calibrating. Mm. Cool. Figuring out how to have some, you know, conversation. <laughs> Do you feel like in general in? your conversations not just the podcasts do you feel like there is a balance like do you get all of those things or do you tend more towards one of them i would say this depends on people's appetite for or ability to navigate loopiness this is a very good question actually i like it um Yeah, my experience with people is if they're not used to loopy conversations, they can get more self-conscious or, um, you know, like their their mind like doesn't quite process recursive meta type things very very well. Um, they're, they're not used to it. It's it's certainly like a style of something, an aesthetic style of conversation that I have cultivated. And so like, I also don't expect everyone I talk to, to, uh, you know, be able to do that, but I really like to, um, and then every now and then I meet someone who, who does it badly is what I want to say. Like there's, there's circlers who do it in a different way that from say rationalists where ra rationalists are like my model of your model of my model blah 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 of you is da 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 da, da. and it's it's a little like mm, very sus uh where you know circulars are just like in relation to what you just said you know i feel blah it's like very straightforward and that's still like a certain kind of meta what was your question again? It was good. I feel like I got off track. If you feel like there's a balance in your conversations that you have with people usually uh, between topic and topic based and more loopy and 
a mix of those? Like, do you feel like that you tend more towards either one of those or there is more of a balance? You started by mentioning that it depends yeah. on the person you're talking to. Yeah, it, it does. Um, like if I'm talking to my dance friends, I'm always pretty much the loopy one uh, <laughs> who wants it to be loopier. Uh, if I'm talking to my loopy friends, then then that's a that becomes a, like okay, but how do we ground this sort of conversation? Um, yeah, th there is a balance, but it also depends again, yeah, on people's appetite. I think I think I, think I actually answered it pretty well. Yeah, thank you, dude. <laughs> Sometimes I'm. I'm listening to what you're saying and and I'm paying a lot of attention and I, I feel like I still haven't mastered the skill of listening attentively and then having a question to ask about that, like immediately tapping into what I'm curious about. Um, it takes me a moment to be like, huh, okay, hmm. processing. And then in the silence, the curiosity um surfaces and i'm sometimes feeling a little bit self-conscious about that like it takes me a moment and because i know that you also enjoy the slow pace i'm even more <laughs> self self-conscious um because it we just kind of um uh, add up together to the amount of silence and pauses so I just wanted to mention that sometimes I'm noticing some discomfort, but I'm okay with that. Like I'm okay with the discomfort. Mm -hmm. It's a very cool reveal. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. What's the experience of interviewing is the question that you seem to have already answered hmm. from that. What is the experience of being interviewed by me so far? Hmm. I've been paying a lot of attention to this, like, how do I, you know, be playful and like flip things or like reveal something interesting. Um, Yeah. I mean, part of my experience is, you know, you revealing something that, like that, that you just did is like, oh, wow, that's, that's cool. And, and it's, it's, uh, you, you seem more comfortable with uh, the pauses and the loopiness than I would have maybe otherwise expected from mm, baseline something, something. Um, Though, uh, in your initial message about what this podcast would be like, as you said, something like, can we just do like whatever we want? <laughs> and <laughs> that gave me a whole vibe of like, oh, this is probably going to be good. And I, I think you basically fulfilled on that one. So I had an expectation there and uh, it's been like, check. <laughs> um, it, it's not clear to me that it's like your first time interviewing someone. Like I know this in some sense, but that's not like obvious. Uh, 
the way okay. you seem to think it is. Okay. Um, like sometimes I notice when I'm asking people questions, um, there's there's a there's a different there's like I will like get a question when they're talking and then just remember it until they like you know end up saying and I might change it when I end up asking it. Um, I will also do a thing of like, okay, I'm trying to process everything you just said and then come up with a question because I don't have one yet. Um, and sometimes it's like, okay, I know what my question, this actually happens the, the most. It's like, I know what my question is. I just got to think about how to ask it because it's, it's shaped like a curiosity. It's not shaped like a question yet. It's just like, I noticed this thing and I'm like, how, huh, huh, you know? I, and this this relates to the thing I said earlier about like how I tend to think is not, um, it's not made of words. It's made of like, mm, like tapping into feelings mm -hmm. of curiosity and whatnot and noticing the shape of what someone is saying. I can relate to that. You, what you said about, um, Sometimes you're listening to someone and a question comes up and then you have to remember it until they finish saying what they said. And as you were saying that, I was noticing <laughs> that I had a lot of both questions and just more abstract curiosities coming up. But then mm. I I don't think I have a lot of capacity to hold them and just, okay, let's let's keep this here and then keep listening. So basically I choose to just keep listening and then I'm listening and then other questions come up and then it comes, you know, to the end of what you're saying. And I either have a question about the, the thing that you just said, or I have nothing. <laughs> ah. So basically I am very curious about many things. I just don't think I have developed this skill, which I guess maybe for people who interview other people, more regularly, it's something that they end up developing the ability of being curious about something. And then maybe I could also just be writing it down, but I didn't think about that. I just want to be like fully here. That, that, that's one, yeah, pretty straightforward thing that I have been doing. Mm. You've been I taking notes? Things written down. Yeah. Just a few things. It was like, okay, I want to remember this. I don't know when I'm going to ask this or like mm -hmm. whatever, but it's like, da, 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 da. okay. Mm. I usually always, almost always take notes in conversations, especially if it's my first time talking to someone. But I think there's something about this being recorded that I'm like, if I'm taking notes, I feel like I'm kind of being caught off guard. And it just feels like I'm not being fully present. Um, I don't know how to explain it. It just doesn't feel right for me. Not that I'm like judging it ethically or anything, <laughs> just like mm -hmm. for me doesn't feel like the right way of being. It, it, it can create a different quality of conversation. Um, like you might end up interacting more with your own thoughts than with the other person. Uh, how, how to mindfully take notes during a conversation is a whole, whole thing. I mean, like I've said, I've written like five things down mm. and they're just like a question that I had. You want to tell me so about those remember. five things you wrote? Yeah, well, so I mean, one of them was, what's your experience of me now versus mm -hmm. when you're listening to the podcast? I already asked that one. 
Um, and then there was the, you know, the dropping the ball question. Um, there was the, like, how would you like to be known? Or like, what, what, what sort of image do you think you're putting out on the podcast? Um, uh, then there's one I didn't ask, which I, I didn't find a good way to ask, but I can, I can at least put it out there and it doesn't have to be answered right now, yeah. but I can put it out there of like, what, uh, something like, what did you know about me in general? Um, or what's your impression of me from the podcast? Um, from Malcolm, what's your, what's your, like, you know, who is Eric? What's that, what's that image? Um, uh, and then I have, I have identity written and I don't remember what that is. (laughs) (laughs) So are those in order of when you wrote them down? Like, did you Uh, write the first one first? No. Not not quite. So what, what made you want to tell them to me in that order um it's just one which one felt easiest to like explain why i i wrote it down did this question make you feel uncomfortable uh, a little bit. It was a little strange. It was like, oh, why, why didn't yeah, I could why? see it in your face? I should have just gone from like, you know, the first question to the last one. Why didn't I just do that? That would have been, that would have been better for some reason. <laughs> oh, it's okay. I like the order you chose. It was a good order. It was a good. It was the correct order. It was the correct order. You won the game. <laughs> Well, I hope it was the correct order because, you know, otherwise we would have to throw out the universe and get a new one because uh, here we are. Luckily, it was. I'm noticing that I'm feeling more playful after this um, last, I don't know, five minutes or so, and I'm trying to figure out what's happened there. Hmm. Yeah, I'm feeling like a a different kind of energy, different kind of vibe. Playfulness, uh, amusement, more relaxed. I think I noticed it for the first time. <laughs> Feels a bit vulnerable to share this. <laughs> I'm going to tell you. Well, here we are. <laughs> I think I noticed it for the first time. <laughs> I feel like a shy little girl. <laughs> I noticed it when you told me, I don't even remember what was the question I asked you, but it told me that you liked my question. I was like, oh, that's <laughs> nice. <laughs> And it was about me asking you about how you, what's your experience of being interviewed by me so far? And, and then there was some, some other question and you said that, and then you said some other things like appreciating something that I had said. And I was like, Oh, so nice to be appreciated. And I noticed like a lot of parts of me were like relaxing. Um, Oh, and you, you said also that you, you don't think it's, it doesn't seem like it for you that it's the first time that I'm, interviewing someone well basically you were reflecting on what's your experience of being interviewed by Mm -hmm. me and it was mostly nice things i was like 
Ah, that's so nice. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's when it started, and and now more recently. Yeah, I think that made me feel more confident to just play more. And I think this is what was happening now, me asking you. Like, I I don't think before, like at the beginning of of our call, I would have asked you, oh, so what are those five things you wrote? And now I did. <laughs> and mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's probably just like feeling feeling seen and appreciated made me feel more comfortable um, and therefore being comfortable to be more playful. Did you, did you pick up on any of this or what is your, like, did your experience change in any way? Like since then or at some point Mm. in the call? So now you're getting to the the juicy questions. (laughs) You you were before, but you know, I'm like, no, now I'm paying attention to the like, I don't know. There's something in the question. Do you like it? Uh, Do you like it? It seems like a question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It seems like a question you might not have asked before. Yeah. Right? It seems like in the same vein as the like five things. What are the five things? Um, no, it was subtle. I, I probably like would not have commented on it directly. Um, yeah, it was subtle. It was kind of, I wasn't paying attention to it until you were like, oh, now I feel more playful. Like I did have a sense that the conversation gets a little bit more playful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm wondering if this, if it's accurate that it's like something in you relaxed when mm. I said what I did. And then you were like, oh, okay, I can. Or did it feel different than that? Different than relaxation. I think there was relaxation for sure maybe there was more than that too um, maybe maybe safer and therefore braver to mm-hmm. take risks yeah I think so maybe like this the, the, also this kind of like flirty side of me also like Uh, yeah just came out just like oh let's let's really play with this person just like really feeling like playing with you yeah (laughs) well i also want to comment that the question of you know did i notice a difference is a is a particularly like uh it it feels like a question i would ask Mm. um it has this like interesting sort of loopy quality it's um about something that happened that like was recent but like it's i it's i definitely had an experience or like not of the last you know five ten minutes that i can then reflect on and be like oh hmm that's a, that's a good sort of loopy question what do you mean definitely not in the last 10 minutes no, like, like I definitely had an experience of the last 10 minutes and I can like then reflect on that and then ah. I will definitely have an answer of some kind Okay. to that. Now here I am like telling you how good your questions are. That's what's 
my purpose was all along. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> I found a button. I can just. <laughs> no, stop complimenting me. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you might be wondering, is it like, is it like a fake compliment? Is he just, is he just yeah. going to like say that whenever now? That's why I'm telling you to stop. Can you trust me? <laughs> I've actually been thinking a lot about compliments in general. Um, my friend Yatart, I don't know if you know him, he's on Twitter. Yeah, he's of... great at giving compliments. And I feel so inspired by him. Like he, And it, it seems like they come really naturally to him. I, I think it's a skill that he has trained. But I, like, I don't know, I, I haven't talked to him about this specifically yet but like i don't know if it's something that he has practiced so much that he became really good at it or if it's something that he's just naturally good at it and therefore he enjoys doing it and does it more maybe it's a bit of both but um i've been noticing uh how his compliments really energize me because they feel so so true and they are also so hmm. timely um and I think also this is probably why I noticed uh, this change. Like I could pinpoint where this change came from when you you said those you, th those things about your experience of being interviewed by me. Um, so I I don't know. Do you do you have a similar relationship with compliments? What is what is the role that compliments play in your life? Do you compliment people intentionally or do you like receiving compliments because there are some people who don't like receiving compliments so i'm curious about how that is for you the the thing you said about um timely or i'm not sure if you said accurate or something um feels relevant my my relationship with compliments is something about like how how true and relevant are they mm. or something um and and like like first of all i can all i can usually take in I'm, I'm trying to figure out like is this actually their experience are they are they just doing a nice thing um is this like what i want to be doing or like known to be good at or something like that um you know, compliments are a form of feedback in a certain way. Uh, and then, you, so whenever you have feedback like that, you have to always like be like, okay, where's where's it coming from? What is this? What is this person's model of the world? Mm -hmm. And like, what are their experiences such that this seems notable enough to comment on if that's what's happening uh, as opposed to them running a, you know, compliment script or something. So I, I think a lot of the compliments that actually feel good are ones where it's like, I, I I spent I had some effort put into this thing. This is like something I want to be known for or like be good at, and like someone is seeing it, and that's really nice. It can also be like um, sort of a blind spot sort of compliment. Like I didn't think anyone would notice this thing um, that I like didn't even notice myself. I was necessarily trying to do, or like didn't think too much about it. And then suddenly it's in my awareness. It's like, Oh, I'm just, Oh, okay. What do I, what do I do with that? Oh. <laughs> um, and that, that can definitely feel uncomfortable at times. Um, uh, I, I think I've been able to, I have definitely been uncomfortable with 
compliments about things like that or like people thanking me in a way that was like really awkward before. Um, and now I think I still get uncomfortable, but I'm like, oh, that was unexpected. That, hmm, wow. <laughs> and it's it's sort of like I, I, I'm able to... Is that actually that. what you say when someone compliments you? Uh, depends on who's complimenting me. As I said, you know, what's their situation? Mm -hmm. um, like, I, I might just say that, yeah, depending on who it is. But I might also ask, like, some some just like clarifying things about like when did I whatever blah 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 when did you notice da 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 da, da? how did it come across like there's just like wanting to understand their experience more mm. um and it's usually I mean I guess sometimes this makes them uncomfortable because I'm like asking about their experience <laughs> like you know sort of intimate questions sometimes mm. so we get into the loopy stuff. <laughs> So it seems like it it's important for you the where you you feel like the compliment is coming from and why the person is choosing to say it and it's also important like it, uh, you like taking it's more comfortable for you to receive compliments now than it was in the past and it also makes you curious about um what's the experience of the person giving the compliment I really I find that really interesting and I think I can relate to that. Like someone gives me a compliment and I'm like, Hmm, where is that? Where is that coming from? In what ways do you find me that thing? Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes I, I also feel uncomfortable asking because it's like, Oh, the person is just going to think I'm fishing for more compliments or like more detail about what, why I am awesome. <laughs> But I, I uh, can yeah, relate can to that curiosity. Kind of Mm -hmm. I mean, another kind of compliment doesn't even, it's not even like you are good at blah, 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 blah. It's just someone uh, relaying their actual experience um, to you. Mm -hmm. And then like, it feels good that their experience of you is like this, uh, you know, has a, some kind of quality to it that you like strive to have. Yeah. It can be another form of, compliment yeah yeah for sure and also just choosing to notice things that might be pleasant for the other person to hear but just like that are they are as true as other things that might be more unpleasant you just choose to oh i'm gonna mention this thing now to bring it to the other person's awareness um and i i think this is also what you did when I asked you about how it was to be interviewed by me, you just told things that were your experience then. And maybe you could have chosen other things that were not so nice, but you chose to say those ones. Ah, so, so that, 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 that's exactly what I'm talking about. It's okay. like, you know, what am I, what am I choosing to say? Mm. How did I, how did I choose to say it? Like, what did I not say mm. um, about my experience? Um, I mean, I can, there's this whole question of like, you know, whether you believe me or not, but I, I was basically just being like, ah, what is my experience? Uh, it's just this stuff. Mm -hmm. It was just, you know, in some sense, very authentic or truthful. That's like mm -hmm. generally when someone asks me my experience, I mean, I, I guess I have a slight filter on the whole thing of like, you know, there's definitely different ways to say the same thing. Um, that can be like, you know, more 
Like, like you can say a yes and or a yes, but, and like mm-hmm. sort of say the exact same thing. And it's, you know, it's, it's a whole frame thing. Um, I had a good example of like the compliment thing though. It's like a lot of people will often compliment my dancing. And this is a very like concrete area because uh, usually I can see how good they are at dancing. And like this, this tells me that there's sort of like how much weight do I have on this person's opinion sort of thing mm-hmm. um, for how good I am at dancing. Um I thought it would be helpful to have a concrete experience. So I wanted to like mm-hmm. interject that as opposed to just like blah, 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 abstract, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a bit, but it feels like it might've been slightly awkward to just be like example, mm-hmm. even though the, the topic moved on a little bit. <laughs> Here we are. So you're talking about compliments from other dancers specifically. From other dancers or, or even just other, I mean, anybody, but like when, when some random people compliment my dancing i'm like this this gives me information that they like it they appreciate it but they don't necessarily know what they're looking at unless i have more information about like mm. what kind of dance they do or what do they know about dance um, when dancers do it you know i assume a certain level of knowledge and stuff then like depending on how good they are i'll be like you know wait that more or less or mm. something yeah and and i guess this is uh, there's another way to compliment dancing which would be more like what you mentioned before like the person relating their experience to watching you dance like oh your dance just reminded me of this time when i was a child and it actually made me cry and i you know when i saw you this specific movement and the way how you interacted with your dance partner i actually felt my body releasing tension in the hips uh, or something and I just wanted to tell you that I really loved that moment and it was beautiful and I appreciate that you're dancing and what you're doing for the world. I guess that would be a different kind of compliment. That's not normally the one I get. <laughs> uh, that would tell me a lot about this person being more like somatically aware okay. of themselves <laughs> and like in touch emotionally. And that would be like, oh, this is a very interesting person. <laughs> That's what that would say to me. Yeah, it wouldn't have to be that specific. I maybe went a little bit uh, far, but just It was too good. Yeah, (laughs) not realistic enough. Uh, But yeah, even if someone would tell you instead of like, I like your dancing. I'm not really sure what I'm trying to get (laughs) with this. Just like, maybe I just wanted to tell me like, yes, Sylvia, there are different ways of giving compliments that would feel more valid for me. Uh, regarding my dancing but I'm anyway just like imagining someone telling you oh your dancing made me feel really warm in my heart I guess that would be different than I like how we dance or you're a good dancer yeah yeah there's like you know where is the the center of attention almost is it like I am good or it is you know this person feels this thing in Mm. relation to me you know definitely the second one is uh one i prefer and it it feels like it's coming from somewhere alive as opposed to just Mm. sort of like blank authority status stamp thing Mm -hmm. uh, where it's like okay but who's this person you know saying this thing um i don't have to ask as much who is this person saying this thing um i just get to experience this person saying this thing if they're like i felt 
this when I saw you dancing. Mm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I really like the um, how you put it. It it's it's coming from something that is alive in that moment, and that makes the whole difference. Mm. So as we are coming to end time here, yes. Uh, as we're wrapping up, um, do you have any? final-ish reflections, things to say about your experience, things you haven't said, something, something. Mm. <laughs> so uh, what's coming up for me now is this, uh, like this, this thing I mentioned before, like there's a, a certain line that's been always constant, which is my awareness of our roles and me interviewing you and uh, you being interviewed. And there's this part of me that is like, ha, huh, he mentioned that we're coming to an end. That should have been me. Does that mean that I'm an incompetent interviewer? <laughs> <laughs> and I was aware of the time, but I was just like, hmm, do I say it, do I not? So there's this. Um... At the same time, I'm feeling very comfortable, uh, feeling connected to you. Yeah, I just feel like having a checkout more than saying anything. Is that okay with you? It's just, just like okay, that's it. No, just like having mean? a checkout in terms of like where I am right now and where you are right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I just like checkout is an unfamiliar term. Oh, okay. But, but yeah, I, it's like I there's a check-in okay. and the, a check-out. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. what I mean by that. Um, mm, feeling in a very different space than uh, where I was at the beginning of this call. I feel like something shifted for me, uh, also in the way how I see you. Um, and in our connection, I feel like I... Yeah, I feel like I really connected with you and I feel close to you. Mm. Still feeling still feeling that uh, playful energy. Mm. Noticing that I could easily keep talking to you for for longer if I didn't have to to go now. Mm-hmm. Um I'm very curious to see what the next episodes of this podcast are going to look like. I'm definitely going to watch them. <laughs> um, I'm grateful for your uh, for yeah for what you did in this call and how you played with me and for yeah for for throwing the ball at you and then getting it back and how that has changed. Um, feeling grateful for having met you. Yeah, those are some things. What about you? Well, now I'm feeling complimented. I'm like, oh, that was... A, did a lot of... She feels very grateful. Wow, okay. <laughs> hmm.
my my experience of the beginning of the whole thing was something more like a, a shot in the dark and like uh I don't know this person is that well we'll see what happens uh seems to have turned out pretty good i'm happy about that um this whole thing about what about uh re you revealing the bit about uh you know when i was like good question and that like relaxed a bit about you um definitely i was like oh that seems like that was a really valuable reflection and that it was like oh i could probably like do that somewhat more intentionally that's like i, I definitely know this like move that's available um to do there uh that i hadn't i i, I didn't didn't do as early as i could have uh or has it made sense to i don't know um there's like definitely some something there that i can do more of um in general i've you know i've valued your reflections a lot they they were very i don't know they, they seemed authentic they seemed real they seemed like on the like kind of meta and loopiness that i do like um yeah it was like competently navigated so to speak i feel like we definitely have danced in this conversation um it was, yeah, this is closer to what I was imagining with uh, the style of podcast. And it makes me very happy that you like want to listen to the future episodes as well. Well, it was a pleasure to dance with you. Thank mm -hmm. you for having me here. And mm -hmm. I guess I'll see you around. Mm-hmm.